Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, my name is Greg, and with me always Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. Uh, as we've stated before, I'm not going to go into details, but my Sunday was a bit rough, but uh, everything's good now. <laughs> I'm calm. Um, Are you calm? I am. I'm calm. Uh, guys, if... Uh, Calmer than you are. <laughs> if this is your first episode, uh, this is not what Josh and I normally do on this podcast. What we normally do is review two shows in their entirety on an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Amazon Prime, what have you. Uh, we, we, we talk about what, uh, what we thought about the two shows. Uh, we give a grade at the end, yada, yada, yada. However, this is not that show. This is uninhibited and uninhibited, un- uninhibited Josh and I talk about whatever the hell we want. Um, and, uh, well, we have something very important at the very beginning of this show to talk about. Um, and I'm going to let Josh take it away because, uh, he has done his due diligence in the subject manner and even taught me quite a bit this morning. So Josh, take it away. Oh, so we're just jumping right into it, eh? Fuck yes. Like it needs to be at the, it needs to be at the top of the show, like straight up. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, well, the main reason what we're going, the main thing that we're talking about is the recent, uh, news about changes coming to YouTube, uh, content creators, how they label their videos, uh, compliance with the children's online privacy protection act, AKA COPPA and the FTC, the federal trade commission. It has been discovered through investigation after being reported via numerous child's advocacy groups uh, in 2018 that YouTube and Google were found in violation of collecting data uh, via cookies uh, targeting uh, about kids, collecting data on kids under the age of 13. And they paid a hefty penalty, $173 million penalty. And now they must be found COPPA compliant. And they have essentially passed the buck to content creators to make sure their channels are COPPA compliant. And that seems like, okay, we just have to mark our videos either made for kids or not made for kids. In theory, that should be enough, correct? The, the the answer to that is no. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's clearly not. Because the issues with this law, this this rule, it was drafted in 1998 by a bunch of old politicians that had no knowledge of pop culture whatsoever and what they classify as children's uh, targeting, uh, children, uh, child attractive, made for kids, kids content. 
is not painted with just a very wide brush. It's painted with a whole damn roller. It's like they've got a 12-inch paint roller and a 6-inch canvas and slapped seven or eight coats on it. Literally, uh, as, as we looked at what it said, one of the things was fantasy. That's it. Yes. Just fantasy. What they classify as child's content. Uh, numerous things were listed, and I don't have the list in front of me now, but it mentioned kids' songs, kids' games, and then it goes to video and computer games, sports, toys. There was a list of many things on there, and there are both children's and adult communities for both of these things. Arts and crafts was included. Okay, well, you're like, well, what's the big deal? How does that affect? If a video is made and is not labeled as made for kids, and the FTC finds that due to its classifications that it is made for kids, you can be sued by the FTC for the sum of $42,530 per video. So imagine imagine waking up one morning and all of a sudden your videos that you just made, you just made for entertainment, had no fucking clue of any of this. You're suddenly now hit with a lawsuit for a lot of goddamn money. Per video. And it's just and this goes into effect on January 1st, 2020. So does that apply to videos that you had loaded uh, to YouTube in 2015? Absolutely. Any video you have existing on your channel is subject to these criteria. And I'm sure, you know, you can say, well, you know, the language I use in my video and the things I talk about clearly isn't meant to target kids. Guess what? As of right now, there's no line. The FTC does not care. And I know a little bit how this classification stuff works because my wife works for a company, full disclosure here, uh, to the extent that I can. She does not work for the FTC or the government, but I cannot reveal who her employer is. But part of her job as her empl uh, as an employee of her company is to classify web content as to what it falls under. For instance, I'm a collector. I have premium figures things in my collection that cost hundreds of dollars. I also have a 12-year-old daughter, and when she was younger, she had toys. Say, for instance, you know, one of my daughter's My Little Pony figures next to one of my $200-plus Transformers figures are both on a video. The people that are hired, because they do have people that are outsourced along with people that do work for the Federal Trade Commission... People that are going to be working from their homes that are not versed in pop culture, they're going to look at both. And even though one clearly looks like it costs five bucks and one clearly looks like, well, to me anyway, and to most people in my uh, hobby, they would know the difference. And they know, well, that thing costs 250 bucks. It's clearly not intended for kids. FTC doesn't see it that way. They're like, Oh, that's a toy, and that's a toy. It doesn't matter if it's the new 
Takara Masterpiece Optimus Prime figure that just released in September that retails for 450 American dollars versus a $20 Cyberverse Optimus Prime figure that you can find in Target and Walmart. To the FTC, they're both a fucking toy. And if you don't mark your channel as made for kids, you are subject to be flagged and fined. Uh, and it's and it's like, well, you know, I'll just go to court and say, ah, but this is clearly aimed at this. You know, the 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 people will learn. They'll know not to mark it as made for kids. That's not the case either, because my wife knows the difference between a high-end adult collectible and a kid's toy. But her guidelines of her job, her her job, she must follow. So she would have to no choice but to mark it. That same masterpiece transformer that cost four hundred and fifty dollars as a toy, or she could lose her job. Now, do you think she's going to jeopardize her family's well-being and lose her income over a video? No, she's not. And guess what? Nobody else that's doing this job is either. She another example: if she sees a woman in a video. They're revealing cleavage. She has to classify it as pornography. So this is the broad strokes of things we're talking about. Now, how do we counteract this? How do we get about it, get, get changes made? The FTC is taking comments from the public until December 9th of this year. They are going to review all these comments. They are going to take them all into consideration, and with enough voices from the public, creators and YouTube viewers alike, you can make change to this. Why is it important? Because any video that's made for kids, they're going to lose the ability to have comments left on their videos. They'll lose their end cards and in, uh, in video links they'll lose their ability ability to live stream they will lose the notification bell on their channels and therefore subscribers will not know that they've loaded new videos unless they go specifically to the channel itself uh, they will also their videos will be made unsearchable so if it's marked for kids you can't even search for it it's not going to show up in the algorithm they will lose their community tabs where they can communicate and interact with their viewers. It's detrimental to the survival of many content creators. And the question has been raised, well, what about channels that are not monetized? As for right now, no clear answer has been given for that. But to be safe, I would treat it just the same as if it were monetized and to cover your ass make sure but they are taking comments there is a form on the ftc's website there's also a petition you know as a viewer imagine your favorite channels just disappearing from your feed you can't find any new videos that sucks a lot of us enjoy youtube a lot of us podcast on youtube imagine not having that anymore some of your favorite podcasts um you know, uh, educational videos like I build dioramas and I watch a lot of how-tos. These are going to be classified as for kids, even though 
It's content that's not generated or targeting kids. And it's things that I do that I make a little bit of extra money on on the side by doing. And now, you know, here's some exposure that I could lose or access to information that I would need. And it's it's crippling and potentially crippling in a lot of ways. So it's going to affect a lot of us. And we figured it would probably affect a lot of our listeners. So it takes five minutes to speak up. Let your comments be heard. Fill out the form. Put in some comments of how this would affect you and why you don't think that it's fair to be so generalized in its ruling and ask for better classification. Ask them to reconsider holding creators accountable. Also um, be civil in your comments. Also, this isn't this Go isn't ahead, just Greg. an FTC thing. This is a YouTube and Google no. thing too. So Google and YouTube need to implement ways for users to do more due diligence on their own uploads to make it classify what it needs to be classified under. Exactly. It's the the terminology right now is very obtuse and vague and extremely too broad. It's infuriating that um, that that Google and YouTube essentially pass the bill to the content creator and the FTC is like, "Well, if that's the case, then content creators are fucked." Like it really is infuriating. And, and if you don't believe me, there is a press conference that was held by the FTC. I'm going to have the link to the video in the description. They say the content creators are more at risk, extremely more at risk than the platform. And they are coming and they are coming aggressively starting January 1st. So now is the time. And they even say that the platform is clearly intended and designed for kids and aimed at kids. YouTube didn't start that way. No, it started as a dating site. Yeah. So they clearly don't understand pop culture. They don't understand what the platform is. And it's up to us, the public, to educate them. So I'll have the links to everything in the description of the show. This is important. Please take a few minutes. Fill it out. You have until December 9th. Yeah. Um, and and, and that's, all, that's, that's all I got to say on that. Uh, the, yeah, thanks. Yeah. You said you're going to put the link of the lawyer, right? Uh, well, yeah. They, they have said, you know, if you're a creator, contact an attorney because no, we no. can't legally advise and tell you. But, yeah, there is, there, there's a video no, to a social media lawyer that I'll include the link to that, too. And there's a link to a content creator. Both of them have some great insights. And, it's that lawyer that I you know that for me was the like, okay, this is the professional. This is the guy who does law. He should know what the fuck he's talking about. That was that's that's the one that I that I want people to really pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. They are uh, but there are some really good sources out there and there's a lot of sources of misinformation. Uh like when I mentioned to Greg this morning, I was like, Hey man, I think we should talk about this today. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't think it's that big a deal based on the tweet that you saw from the guy at Game Grounds. Yeah, and I admitted, I admitted, uh, I was like, like, I want to know more because, you know, yeah. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> exactly. So we talked about it and I showed him some things and we watched some things and, you know, uh, 
I've read the wording of the text of the the uh, COPPA Act very, very carefully, very heavily, and I've read the uh, terms uh, for YouTube the same way. And let me tell you, <clears throat> we have early episodes of this show up on YouTube. I went ahead and marked everything is not for kids, uh, but I did go back and change a couple episodes to for kids just because my daughter's in one of them. Yeah. Uh, on the show. But what sucks and even is though you, one of the things, yeah, what sucks is even, even though you ahead. did that, it still might not be safe. Well, no, I marked it for kids. So that's, safe well, that's what the lawyer, because the, if you mark it, the lawyer was specifying that, um, even though a video is labeled as for kids, it still might not be safe. Like they, like the F. No, he said videos marked not for kids. That they deemed that are for kids by their criteria. I thought what he was saying about we're not I thought what he was saying about kids' content on YouTube is that it's now under extreme scrutiny. So even if you label it as for kids, with the FTC the way that it is right now is if they review that video and deem any part of it not for kids, then you can. No, no, it's the other way around. If you mark it as not for kids and they deem that part of it is for kids, those are the ones that are going to get hit with the fine. Oh. Yeah. If you mark it for kids, then it's not going to be searchable. It's oh, not going to have comments. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. I thought he was saying. I yeah. thought he was saying that you're still at risk of getting uh, getting sued. No, that's the only way to cover yourself. And he feared that. He said his speculation is that he thinks most people will err on the side of caution and just mark it for kids and take the hit and add loss of ad revenue. Gotcha, 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 uh, okay. And then in extreme cases, people abandoning the platform altogether. But no, you know, marking it say marking it as for kids is not enough. You if you suspect just to be on the safe side that your video is attractive to kids and their wording Market is for kids until they get the classification worked out. Gotcha. I just cover yourselves. Yeah, I, I absolutely took that as uh, I took that slightly wrong. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was saying that because he was saying that like uh, four kids channels on YouTube are going to be a dying breed because of this. Yeah, the potentially they will be, you know, and everybody's like, oh well, YouTube has a kids uh, four kids app. They do, but. There are a lot of kids out there that use their parents' YouTube accounts. There's a lot of kids out there that don't even log into YouTube and just go to the site. And guess what? Web browsers still collect cookies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They can tell by the things that kids watch and the links that they click on what that kid is into. And that's how they get the targeted ads. I think one of the things that's really con that's really concerning for me is YouTube is a monster, monumentally large platform. How will this affect mm -hmm. Twitter? Not Twitter, I'm sorry, Twitch. How will this affect Twitch? It did, did Twitch not foot the bill? Like, there's a lot of questions in that I have because, um, uh, for example, uh, before this was when I was streaming some, uh, some, uh, Jackbox. There was a guy in the chat who was mm -hmm. uh, claimed to be 13. No, 12? 
he was very young. Yeah. Not, should not have been in my channel because I have my channel labeled as marked as 18 yeah. and over. Um, I think they call that mature. Uh, yeah, but, but here's the thing. You've also had your underage nephews on your channel. True. Um, and at that time, I think because of how that was working out and them, them being on my channel, I was able to uh, change the, the age rating on my stream for that particular stream. Um, but also, like, yeah. uh, uh, I think a huge factor into that is, like, had he, first off, had he not said that he was 13, he would have just been able to stay in there. But the fact that he did, uh, thankfully, one of my mods, Valere, um, straight up banned him. Got him out of there. Yeah. Yep. Which helps with that but a lot. Th YouTube doesn't have that. Well, another thing, too, is Twitch isn't collecting and selling data like That's that. That's true. That's very true. YouTube and Google were blatantly doing it. Well, Google's been doing it for a goddamn long time. Yeah. Oh, and another thing. Just because if you're a content creator and you're putting these videos up on YouTube... If you live outside of the United States, this still applies to you because YouTube is based in the United States and the main platform itself is targeted at a United States audience. So you still have to be COPPA compliant, even if you live in the UK or Japan or South Korea or Australia, anywhere, doesn't matter. Well, can, can COPPA sue you if you're not in the United States? Yeah, that's what I just said. Well, okay. Well, I was. Just, yeah, you well, still have to be compliant. Josh, what I was asking Josh was like, if being compliant versus being sued is two different things, because Copa could just mm -hmm. then get your channel completely shut down, regardless if yeah. you're in America or not, versus actually suing you. That's why yeah, I was yeah, asking: sorry. Can they sue? Uh, you? No, you would. You would be subject to the same penalties, even if you live abroad. So fines, channel. Uh, you know, taken down. Channel taken down makes perfect sense. It was it was the whole like, can a the, can an American federal thing sue you while you live in a different country? That was my thing. Yeah, yeah, because it's part of the terms of service that was updated in 2013. That you know, cookies fell under the Privacy Protection Act. And, you know, cookies, hey, it's on the internet, home country's based here, it's got to fall under those compliance, or even no matter what, you can face the same penalties outside of the uh, right. boundaries, the borders. It's unfortunate, and that's why it is so important to I wanna get have, the classifications changed. I want to have faith that with us telling the, FC, the FTC about, you know, like us going there with a civil, the civil mind and... and Explaining the situation and 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 hopefully that it'll get overturned before the before the first of January, yeah, um, or at least postponed to allow it to be reworked. The, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's just it's so shitty right now. Like it's not even just shitty in the situation of like, oh, you could lose your channel. Like it's there's so much more to. I mean, we we're at risk of losing YouTube as a whole because as I've said, if this happens if like it gets close to the first and they're just like after the first guess what's happening 
you're going to see a huge mass exodus off of YouTube. Tons of yeah. channels are just going to be taken down by the creator to avoid mm -hmm. any risk. Yep. So. And believe you me, remember Napster? Somebody took a fall for Napster after they said, hey, we're going to come after you if you use Napster. Somebody took a fall for it. There will be examples made. I guarantee you, New Year's Day, you're going to see the news of not just one, but multiple content creators hit with $42,000 plus fines because they didn't take this seriously and they figured out it'll work itself out. I don't know about you, listener, but I know for one, I couldn't handle a $42,000 fine from the government. And even if I did take it to court and could afford an attorney to actually win the case, you know, that's still going to cost me thousands of dollars Yeah, for paying the attorney because an, an attorney in federal court, that's not going to be cheap. It's not some, you know, Andy Griffith, Matlock kind of stuff, you know, you know, where like Matt Murdock in the Daredevil movie, you know, trade you this chicken if you'll defend me. Uh, yeah, man. It's... Yeah, the, the lawyer said, was it the lawyer or somebody I read on? Anyway, somebody said, like, there's a good chance that if you took it to court and actually defended yourself, you might win because of how vague the law is. That because of how vague it is, that there's a chance that you can win by saying, look, it's clear that my channel's not for kids. Like, I, you know, it's, it's this and that and yada, yada, yada. And, and the judge goes, yeah, okay. Well, you win. You're not being sued. Like, and you're you, you, there's no countersuit situation. You still have to no. pay that lawyer. <laughs> you still have to pay that attorney. You're not going to get a dime from the government for the time lost, the revenue lost. And if you did get your channel restored, your only hope of recouping that money is you, you would go viral and blow up because you were the guy that took them on and won. How viable is that? Do you really want to take that chance? Right. So us here at All Queued Up urge you to check out the links below. Talk, let the FCC know how you feel in a civil manner. Don't sit on your ass on this one if you care about online content as a whole, not just YouTube. I'm talking about podcasts. I'm talking about Twitch. Like, yep. this is also a gateway into certain things that is just a bad precedent. So, yep. take take the time to handle it, guys. Seriously. Um, yeah, and we are not lawyers. We are not offering legal advice. I'm offering common sense advice. Cover your ass. If you have an attorney on retainer, talk to an attorney. If you're unsure, market is for kids to be on the safe side. Speak to an attorney. Take the steps. Read the things for yourself. But yes, please, fill out the forms. Contact the FTC. Uh, with that being said, guys, let's get into the fun stuff of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we didn't intend for that discussion to go that long, but we really think it's super important. We really do. Um. And feel free, guys, to hit us up on the social media and our Discord to, to let us know how you both feel about the situation. If there's a discussion to be had, if you have different uh, uh, insight on this or anything to that matter, let's please talk. Let's have a, let's have a discussion because yes. this is where Josh and I stand. And we would love to, to know that if you feel differently or you have a different 
viewpoint, let us know, please. Don't, or don't if hesitate. you've been advised by, if you've had legal counsel that tells you differently, let us know. Yes. You know, because the spreading of genuine information is the most important thing. Because there's a lot of disinformation out there. Yeah. All right. Well, so now that we're uh, moving past that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, discuss episode two of um, Mandalorian and. Uh, episode five of The Watchmen. Yes. Um, that's all we really had planned today. So this is going to be kind of a review episode, I guess. But just so you know, episode two, episode five, spoilers. Just FYI. Um, yeah. Pardon me. We didn't really spoil the first episode of The Mandalorian. Had a hiccup there. Um, but episode two, you can't really talk about it. I mean, you kind of can. You know, you can. We can always refer to the one thing as the asset, his target. But you know, if you've been watching The Mandalorian, you know what the asset is. So here's the funniest thing. Here's the funniest thing. So Disney. And John Favreau and oh, everybody yes. else has already put out pictures of the quote unquote asset. So they are not. It's a baby Yoda. It's a baby Yoda. <laughs> They're not considering it a spoiler anymore. And I even sent Josh a very, very funny uh, situation on Twitter. So I, as like, I have oh, a lot of time God, to just yes. look at Twitter all day. <clears throat> and, um, uh, um, one second, speaking of my dad, he just sent me a message. Um, All right. Well, sorry. Greg sent me a meme. Yeah. A like, screenshot of Twitter. I was getting to it. I was just sending yes back to him. Oh, okay. Um, the top con. So, so it was two different posts, but it was in, in just perfect, succinct like, area to take a screenshot. The top post is apparently I'm the only one that's not that's not willing to post an image of the asset from the Mandalorian. Is anyone not spoiled yet, or is this a lost cause and I shouldn't care anymore? To which Mitch Dwyer, who wrote the story for Battlefront 2, says, I'm standing strong with you. Right under that, uh, Jack Patillo from Rooster Teeth uh, re uh, replied to a gentleman who I don't know. Uh, his name is Ian. He says, I've been living with this knowledge for uh, with this. Oh, so Ian, sorry, Ian is the artist who did a lot of the. Um, uh, what the, was it called? Concept art. Jesus Christ. The for, concept for, art for that you see on like the closing credits and stuff. Right. And he says, I've been living with this knowledge for of this thing for over a year. Poker face, despite uh, knowing what cuteness lay await. And what he quote tweeted was a picture of Baby Yoda <laughs> from John Favreau. The uh, original concept art yeah like uh, <laughs> it's just the perfect little like well <laughs> dude i'm gonna tell you man i mean i don't use a phrase like this often but the baby yoda super fucking adorable there, just sickening sickeningly cute there has been an argument because there's two brand new star wars things right now there's jedi force uh sorry jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Why do I forget that every time? Jedi Fallen Order, which is the video game, and Mandalorian. And in Mandalorian, obviously, there's Baby Yoda. But in, in uh, Jedi Fallen Order, there's a little tiny robot that like kind of hangs on to the main character's back. 
named BD1. BD1 is fucking adorable. Like, I love BD1 with all my goddamn heart. And, but I also really like Baby Yoda. <laughs> so it's just like, why the fuck give us two very cute things that I care about very much at the same time? And this close to Christmas, I hope, hope, hope there's merchandise for both of those in time for Christmas. Because guess what? I will buy myself a baby fucking Yoda for Christmas. Fucking, I dude, I want a BD-1. Like, I love baby hey. Yoda, don't be wrong, but I want a BD-1 <clears throat> real bad. And first of all, we know it's technically not Yoda as a baby, but Yoda's species has never been classified or named. So instead of saying a mouthful of a baby of the species that happens to be what Yoda is, it's a lot harder to say than just fucking baby Yoda. <laughs> right. So. Um, don't at don't at me for that shit. <laughs> <clears throat> so in the first episode of Mandalorian, I kind of talked about this. I, the uh, yeah, we talked about it on last week's episode. All queued up, right? It it had like uh, old samurai movie and uh, western vibes. Absolutely, very westerny. This new this episode two was one one thing that I could reference to it. Indiana Jones. No. No. An old Japanese uh, story called uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub. Holy shit. Um, Sorry. I forgot about that. It's all right. I mean, it's it's fine. I A lot of people have not picked up on that. And it's driven me fucking nuts that Polygon puts out an article that's like, I'm getting some serious Samurai Jack vibes from uh, from The Mandalorian. And I'm just sitting there like shaking my head going, Sure, if you want to completely ignore... There's a dog just going apeshit outside my bedroom window right now. Um, So if you guys hear that, I apologize. Uh, But yeah, Polygon was just like, I'm getting Samurai Jack vibes. And I'm just sitting there going like, yeah, Samurai Jack borrowed from uh, Lone Wolf and Cub in in two episodes. And and it's borrowing from the same Samurai movies. Like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) Like, yeah, you're getting that vibe because it's the same fucking vibe. Jesus Christ, people. Do a little <laughs> do a little bit more like, I don't know, due diligence into what it's actually homaging, for Christ's sake. <sighs> anyway, I hate I hate that sh- I hate that shit. Like I have not seen I think I've seen one full Lone Wolf and Cub movie. One full. And there's like four. But there's also like thirteen books. Yeah, there's a lot of books, my my friend JD, he and his uh he and his uh lady Chandra, they have all the Lone Wolf and Cub books. There you go. Mm-hmm. So they and would know. They, they were the ones they were the ones that told me about it, and that's the first thing JD said about episode two of the Mandalorian. He says, Man, that was such a Lone Wolf and Cub feel. So I hope that they the whole show, like, every episode feels like a different thing. Like, yeah. Like, because, again, I wasn't getting Lone Wolf and Cub from the first episode. I was getting, uh, um... Spaghetti Western Sergio Leone type shit. Yeah. Especially that fucking final scene. So, this having this episode, like, be very much, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub was so fucking fun. 
And uh, I really liked how this episode also showed a little bit of vulnerability from the Mandalorian. Like, oh, yeah. He looked like just a stoic badass in the first episode. And then now that he has this child that he clearly has, you know, like, I don't want to kill a kid. Oh, so good, dude. I'm just so happy with the show. And and another thing, too, it's refreshing. Um, you know, and we got this with Rogue One. And we got this with Solo. But it's refreshing to see Star Wars with no Force stuff going on. Like, this guy, yeah, he's a bounty hunter. He's the best in the Parsec, which is the equivalent of like 3.12 light years. So in that region of space, you know, he's the best there is. Um, But he's not doing superhuman type things like a Jedi would. You see him struggling. You see him, you know, taking some lumps, so to speak. Uh, getting his ass kicked a little bit. I still argue that some of my favorite video games in terms of Star Wars stuff is about um, people without force powers. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very humanizing thing uh, to see, and it's it's refreshing. It's pleasant to see, and I, I, I love it. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy with this show. Um what I Dude, I love me some punk ass shit talking Jawas. <laughs> Can we also talk about how fucking rad his goddamn gun is? Yes. Oh my you god. Know, you know that was the same style of rifle that Boba Fett used in the holiday special animated short that he was introduced in? Is it really? Yes, it is. That's fucking awesome. I did not know that. And in that in that holiday short, it had the two prongs on the end, and it would it could act as a kettle prod and shock on the end. Um, so that was cool to see that actually patterned after that and made for the show. Yeah, I'll, I yeah, it's fucking rad. I had no idea. And holy shit, we finally saw disintegrations. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, dude. I'm I'm really excited for for this uh, upcoming episode because now that we're off that planet, like what next? Like we mm-hmm. knew we, we knew going into episode two that we were probably still going to be on that planet. Yeah. Um, but and it was know. essentially you know he was marooned on it because what happened? These little punk ass Jawas stripped his ship like it was a car. You know, uh, in down in downtown L.A. overnight, you know. Right. They, he just comes up on it, and they have just stripped it of anything of electronic or mechanical value. And he goes after them, and he blasts a couple, but they get away uh, because he can't get inside the sand crawler because, you know, they they know it. It's defensible for them. And what does he have to do? Perform a service in order to get his own stolen property back. That was so good. Yeah. I, I, dude. 
I can't get enough of this show. Like, I'm really happy this show exists just purely because we didn't really see a whole lot of what the universe looked like right after Jedi. Yeah. Um, it, like, yes, we, we have the new trilogy. And that shows, like, a long time after the Empire's destruction. But there was a good chunk of time there between Empire's complete destruction and, or, like, falling apart, I should say, to, you know, the First Order being, you know, the thing. So the fact that people are still using Imperial credits, even though it doesn't matter, is fascinating. Yeah, they're using them, but they clearly don't hold the value that they did once before. Right. Um, You know, like uh, Carl Weathers' character in the first episode, uh, when the Mandalorian says, I'm not taking Imperial credits, the Empire's gone, these are worthless. He's like, well, I'll pay you in calamari flan, but it's only half the value. He's like, fine. So that tells me that the calamari flan is worth twice the value of it, the current exchange rate of imperial credits. Yeah, that's fucking cool. It's so cool. It's just the world building that that we're getting, and little glimpses of things that you wouldn't think about, like the economy. You know the the lore that's being added to with each episode. Man, it's so fun. You always heard 3PO in A New Hope. Filthy Jawas, I can't abide these disgusting creatures. You get to see why they are disgusting, filthy creatures at the end of that episode. <laughs> Ew! I mean, what, what are you talking about, Josh? They just really like oversized uh, hairy Cadbury eggs. Yeah, there was nothing Cadbury about that fucking thing. <laughs> Little sons of bitches are taking all their grubby paws and going right at the yolk and just smearing it on their mouth holes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The last last thing I want to mention about this episode that uh, is both cool and you might not have known outside of like... Anyway, the old man is played by Nick Nolte, uh, Mm voice-wise. That blows me away. (laughs) I've spoken... We have joked, We I joked with a couple friends that I think they just, like, told Nick Nolte that he was actually on planet. Like, he was in it, he was, he, that this was who he was now, and just let him go. There was no script for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Oh, boy. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy with everything. Um... It's very pleasing, and when this episode publishes on the 22nd, it's the 20th right now, uh, we will uh, we will have already watched and uh, be excited to talk to you about episode three next week. Yes. So. Yup. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's dive into Watchmen, shall we? Because. Oh, my God. I have uh, not a whole lot of time left, which sucks, but I'll get into that after we're done recording. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, anyway. Um, so, Watchmen. Jesus fucking Christ, this show. Dude. I... So, as... as I don't know. Have we talked about it on the podcast before? Yet? We talked about it. We talked about it just briefly. Okay. 
Watchmen is one of my favorite for okay you know what before we get into this Josh before we get into this stop fucking quoting Alan Moore the guy is a pretentious old coot who hates everything you enjoy he just makes really good art for fuck's sake I'm sorry I didn't know that I was quoting Alan Moore not you Josh really you people on on Twitter and shit oh it's driving me fucking nuts. It's like, oh, the 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 superhero discourse and blah 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 blah. blah. And I'm just like, oh, the shit he said in this interview in 2017 is being thrown around in this weird way. And I'm sitting there like rolling my eyes because a bunch of people are like, I don't know, Alan Moore felt this way. And I was like, did what? Have you never read Top Ten? Have you never read Watchmen? The fuck are you doing? Anyway, I'm getting off track. That's yeah. people, people not paying attention is pissing me off. That being said, Alan Moore writes some f- some fantastic art. One of those being Watchmen. Um, there are a lot of layers to Watchmen. A lot of layers. And if you're not paying attention, if you're not reading it in a specific way, and I mean that in the idea that none of the characters are technically good... The the Watchmen's like an onion that's got layers. Those layers have been used for this new show on HBO. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of those layers have to do with preconceived notions. Mainly being how one would view an event today that happened 30 years ago. 30-some-odd years ago. 34 years ago. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, This latest episode puts into context how uh, how the event at the end of the comic, spoiler alert, I don't know why I'm saying it out loud, but it should be fucking clear. At the end of the comic, a giant squid, like a psychic squid, lands in Manhattan. Killing three million people. When you look at the comic, there's a lot of like, well, how did it kill three million people? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense considering it's not big enough to have killed three million people. Well, it's said in the comic that it is a quote unquote psychic squid and a psychic Mm -hmm. blast was let off and it and it killed people with that. Um, This show not only showcases that. But what it also, the the comic doesn't really get into, because for obvious reasons, it was like the end of the comic, and it was more about the characters that we had been following than the world around it, the insurmountable trauma that would have come across after something like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And that's that's what this episode is all about. It's all about that trauma. And I was, like, even though it's very sad and... I feel for all the characters involved. Um, holy shit, was it good? Uh, dude, I tell you, I have I have been enjoying the hell out of Tim Blake Nelson's character, Looking Glass. Yeah. And this, uh, he was like my favorite character for some reason. This catapulted to him beyond the shadow of a doubt of him being my favorite character. Fucking love this episode. Yeah. 
What, what's fascinating about how this show is being uh, uh, staged or, or framed versus the comic is that for me, it was very clear that no one was technically the good guy or bad guy in, in the comic. Mm-hmm. That every single character had its flaws. Every single character had its like, you're like, well, I don't agree with how they did this and I don't agree with why they did this, but I also don't think that it was the wrong choice. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people go, well, how do you feel about uh, um, Adrian's, you know, doing what he did? Do you agree with it or disagree with it? And I go, I don't think I disagree or agree with it. Like, I don't think that it's a situation where I'm I'm trying to justify my own morality code with these characters. Yeah. And, but this show is entirely different in that. It, it wants you to start judging your own morality code in vain of these characters. Um, especially with the end of this fucking episode, like I'm very much like on the fence about whether I align with looking glass or not. It's dude. It's incredible on that. It's incredible on how they do that. And I hate the fact that we got to wait a week to see the outcome of that. <laughs> it does end on a little bit of a cliffhanger. I was like, does... God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I assume they showed it because he's he is going to, well, for, for lack of a better word, and we are talking spoilers, gonna die. So I've noticed something about the show. I don't know if you've picked up on it, Josh, but. What, you think he is? Well, here's why. There, for characters that die, full on die, there is a TikTok. You hear a TikTok, TikTok, as they're doing anything, and then later they die. I haven't picked up on that. Yeah, when Judd is singing his song, uh, when he's singing some Oklahoma in the mm-hmm. first episode, you can hear a TikTok behind him. Oh, and, I need to go and, back and watch. And in this episode, you can hear a TikTok when uh, Looking Glass, obviously without his mask on, is uh, he's followed uh, the girl and the guy in the pickup truck. He's looking in the back of the truck uh, at the cabbage and then whatever else they had. You can hear a TikTok. Hmm. Now, the TikTok might be signifying of some major event is about to happen versus death. But there's been because there was a TikTok in the background of one thing where a person didn't die. So it might just be a major event situation. Yeah. 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 Let's not stake the let's not bet the house on that. Oh, I'm not. I'm just stating like little things like that just make me so fucking happy that this show does shit like that. I'm very. Oh. The the fact, though, that we see Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias, making that confession on that video and saying this is what he did, and this is what his plans are, and everything should have come to fruition at this point, and reveals that the psychic squid alien invasion was an elaborate hoax and you see what that does to a man who's been paranoid for the past 34 years who lived through that 
and has this reflecting or reflectatine or whatever they're calling it that is supposedly able to repel anything from penetrating the mind. I mean, he wears it. He made his mask out of it. He wears it on the inside of his hat. He, yeah. Uh, it's the equivalency to a, uh, um, the equivalent to a, uh, oh my God, uh, tinfoil hat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 I couldn't think I was like, I was like, there's a, there's a reason that it's, that it's shiny like that. Um, yeah, so I like the one of the things about this that the the episode did was the very first like ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes. Um, one of the things that we don't really see in the comic that I always thought was kind of interesting was exactly how widespread that psychic blast was. Mm-hmm. So the show opens where you're watching a very young looking glass. You aren't one hundred percent sure if it's him or not immediately. Oh yeah. Um, I picked up on it pretty quickly though. Um. I think she even calls him Wade at one she, point. She called him Wade. She called yeah. him by his name. I think that was my confirmation. But I assumed that it was him immediately because... Same here. Yeah. Honestly, same here. I, I was I was pretty sure, but... Um, so, uh, uh... Yeah, he... Like, him Him getting kind of fucked over and being in the, being the fun house with all the mirrors, like, because of that, it saved... it. Either A, it saved his life, or B, he believes it saved his life. Yeah. Doesn't really matter regardless, because it's part of who, who his character and whatnot. So, um, the uh, the fact remains that we, we got to see the giant squid. If you've read the comic, then you know that the squid, you know, lands in Manhattan at midnight on November, t- November 2nd, and uh, kills... Three million people um, using a psychic blast. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this frames that in a, in a in a bit of a different light, and it is awesome. Oh yeah, the fact that they use a like a, a slow a slow cover of uh, careless whisper was so fucking cool. Oh, and they use that multiple times from and different iterations of it throughout the entire episode. Yeah. And I loved that so much. There was like an acapella version and an acoustic version. Uh, yeah, man, it was so cool. So, so fucking rad. I'm 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 very happy that this the show exists in the way that it does. And I know a lot of people are out there pissed off because they probably only watched the movie in which Zack Snyder makes uh, fucking Rorschach look like a goddamn superhero or Batman, which he's fucking not. Um, I also hated the end of the movie. Like it, it ruined to me, the movie really ruined the idea that Adrian wanted humanity to focus towards something that was otherworldly. Um, it took that away. It, it was like, well, we'll just make it about Manhattan instead, since he's already established characters. Like, okay, but I liked it the other way. <laughs> it made more sense to me the other way. I know that you said you didn't really like the giant squid when you first read the comic. No, no. Uh, I liked it just fine. You know, it works in the comics. I didn't think that for the movie that it would have worked. The show has proven my opinion on that matter completely fucking dumb. <laughs> so, 
<clears throat> I'll have that plate of crow sauteed yeah. with some onion and garlic and heavily seasoned, please. I think crow's really stringy. Well, so you enjoy uh-huh. that crow. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's, and then the way that they show the squid, too, is very close to the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, the comic's very vibrant and colorful with the squid, but like you'd also argue that maybe it looks like that during the day. Yeah. And maybe that's just the way the comic framed it. Yeah. But, uh, God and, damn, and, and like Dave they Gibbons, nailed it. Dave Gibbons was using a very distinct, uh, palette of colors for different situations too. Uh, that was all carefully planned and drafted out. So, but yeah. I did how I, I loved how vibrant they made the eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, yeah, man. man, you actually see what Seventh Cavalry is about, or a little bit of it anyway. Their motivations, and like, holy shit! Okay. And there's obviously more to the story that needs to be told. Oh, but, yeah. Well, but, I'm really excited for next week's um, uh, Regina King Actathon. Who? Because she, uh, her character, Sister Knight slash Angela, um, she took the got- entire, entire bottle of Will's nostalgia. Yeah. And nostalgia, they say in the show, and it was mentioned in the comic. <laughs> just alluded to i believe um not 100 percent sure i'd have to reread it's been a while uh but uh it makes you relive memories and you know the person's own memories so she eats all of her grandfather's memories at once so we're going to see from the preview her in different time periods over the past hundred years and that's going to be fascinating to see yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited. Oh, boy. All right, well. Yeah, I'm loving this show, man. Yeah. I can't wait. It and The Mandalorian both, and that's what sucks. I hate having to wait a week to watch another episode. <laughs> uh, I hate that. I'm not a patient person. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but it gives you more time to dig- to digest it and speculate on it. It's like you do realize that just because the entire season is there, I don't sit and watch everything in one session, right? I take breaks in between shows. I think about it, reflect upon it, and I go back and forth when one scene becomes relevant to another. I'm like, it's not just sitting there and marathoning it and done. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I think I think for me, and 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 you have to keep this in in contrast that. I do personally believe that if you're making a TV show with episodic content, you have to structure the episodes to be binge worthy versus not. Yeah. And I do believe that Watchmen is a perfect example of this show would suck. In my personal opinion, it would suck if it was binge watchable. I this 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 once a week situation allows you to really get reflective on the episode, really really dive deep into it, and it's. For me, it's more fun. Mandalorian, on the other hand, uh, that's uh, binge-worthy, 100%. I don't need to reflect on that every week. Like, we got it. 
we got the part of the story. We need to move on. But Watchmen's so fucking deep. Like, it, there's so much there that if, honestly, if it was benchworthy, you might miss a lot of shit just because you're not able to think about it. I mean, I don't totally subscribe to that because, you know, I do go back and rewatch things and, you know, I mean, it's it's tough to make the case like definitively for or against. I can see why people would want to wait. And I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying for my personal preferences let me go at it at my own pace and not your own pace. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying the show you couldn't binge watch it, but I really do feel like because of how much is there. There's a lot it, to unpack, that's for sure. After each episode. It's, it's a weird situation where, yes, I agree. I would love... To be able to watch this show in a uh, like, I would I would love to watch episode two right now or episode six right now. Don't yeah, yeah. But Dude, if I could do an episode a day, I'd be content. One a week, that sucks. Um, sure, I get that, but I I think that that my my point of this that this show does benefit from being uh reflectable. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. Mirror, yeah. Thanks, appreciate it. Well, we should wrap this up because I uh, apparently have a bunch of shit I got to do now. So there's that. Um, <sighs> not happy about it, but that's besides the point. Uh, guys, um, this is a very uh, interesting episode of <laughs> Uninhibited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like half review, half uh, warning. Um. And speaking of that warning, guys, we are we are very very serious. Like, don't like take this shit seriously. Yeah, even if yeah. you're kind of, even if you disagree with us, it's still a serious manner because this is going to change a lot. So, um, so please check out the links below. Have a start a discussion with us on our social media. Let us know how you feel about it, please. Like, this is not a passive thing that like oh it's just just affects YouTube because it it doesn't. It starts it here, but it will spread, yeah. and yeah. we know how things spread. Yes. Um. Well, that being said, guys, we are going to call it there. We're gonna end. We're gonna end it now. Nah. Um. Uh. Before we go, guys, uh, we'll do our little uh, uh, where to follow us and all that jazz in a second. But uh, next week. So, in one week's time, we're going to be talking about, I don't know if we're going to be talking about uh, Watchmen every week. I think we can, we can put that off until the, um, till this, uh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. wow, my brain. But, um, definitely next week we'll be talking about Mandalorian episode three, and we'll be talking about, uh, season three of The Toys That Made Us, which I have already finished, and, Me too. uh, very fun to t- I'm very excited to talk about all that and Jack Ryan season two, which I have yet to watch, but I'll according watched, to my brother, it's very good. I watched the first two episodes this morning. Um, my um, uh, my brother on on my dad's birthday on Sunday, I I mentioned that that we were watching that, and he was like, 
He was like, yeah, I already watched that. It's, it's really good. Um, did you like season one? I said, yeah, I reviewed it for the podcast. Maybe Josh and I both really liked it. And he was like, season two was way better than season one. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, Well, now you have an, out, an outsider's opinion on what they thought. But, you know. Oh, I, uh, dude, I'm, I'm just for clarification to anybody listening and, and you, Josh, like I, I don't let other people's opinions sway mine in oh, any way, shape or form. I understand, you know, same here. I'm just saying there's one person that said, hey, it's really good. So, yeah, yeah. So that's that's <clears> hopeful. <laughs> I've, I've heard that from several friends of mine that have already watched it in its entirety as well. And it's having good. watched the first two episodes. I can say um, this is Wednesday. I hope to have the whole thing finished by Friday when this publishes. Because uh, I got a lot of things to do this weekend. Yeah, I should I should try to watch at least an episode a night from here on until we record. At least. Oh, boy. All right. Well, um, now that we're going to wrap it up and uh, you guys can go watch those and then join us next week. Josh, where can they follow you online? Uh, they can follow me on you know follow me on Facebook. My profile is public. Uh, the links to my social media that I use, Twitter and Instagram, are linked there uh, publicly. Uh, and along with every Friday here on this show, whether it be the regular review episode or the uninhibited version, uh, for the time being, at least until January 1st, 2020, you can catch me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, uh, on two different shows. Uh, as we're recording this, Wednesday the 20th, uh, we have a show tonight, uh, called Figure Bangin'. We're going to be taking a look at a new high-end adult collectible, um, uh, you know, well, the episode's already premiered, so tonight we're looking at the Dairugger 15 Solichagokan, a.k.a. Vehicle Voltron. It just dropped last week. Uh, beautiful piece. But every Friday night, you can catch me on a little show we like to call MPSP Theater. Uh, tonight, we, tonight as in Friday night. Uh, we're going to be doing a discussion further about the FTC, YouTube, and COMPA stuff, uh, in addition to our regular pop culture uh, entertainment uh, news stories that we periodically or we discuss weekly. Um, because both that podcast and this podcast, there's very few that crossover to both. So we're covering it there too, because there's a lot of questions in the toy collecting slash pop culture community on YouTube. And, you know, we just want to bring about discussion. <clears throat> so that's me. What about you, Greg? Where can they find uh, you? It's pretty easy. You can find me on all social media under oh. Chub Rock Geek. Uh, um, quite literally. Uh, and on those social medias, I'll always announce when I'm going live with uh, my personal Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek. Um, and I'm hoping to have a Jackbox stream this Saturday. Uh, we'll see how I feel. I'm, you know, it's not a yes or a no, but um, there's just a lot going on. So <laughs> trying to find time to stream it is a bit tough, but I'm hoping I really like we can. Here. I'm hoping yeah. we can. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping we can too. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Do, 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 do. Oh, um, for me personally, guys, like honestly, don't worry about following me on social media. Like, follow our personal, follow the the the, the podcast channels. Um, that's where we're going to be able to have discussions with you and talk to you directly. Um, you can contact us on our personals, but real, like we, we would try to use this as a vehicle to have fun discussions with you guys about the shows that we're watching. Um, and Josh and I also, we don't just watch shows on Netflix, like, or whatever. Like we, we watch tons of other shows. Like we said, we're watching Watchmen right now and whatnot. And, um, shit, I'm watching fucking, uh, the new episodes of Rick and Morty, and I watch Mr. Robot, and those are all weekly content. We just, yeah, you know, I need to check out. I need to check out his Dark Materials that just debuted. Yeah, so I'm yeah, also same. a big sports head, so I watch football weekly. And yeah, so if any of that stuff interests you guys, and you want to have a discussion with us, hit up our social medias. Honestly, we would love we'd love talking to you guys. Yeah, um, I mean, all the hobbies I'm into, it's like, man, I, I actually fit family time in there somehow. Huh. <laughs> I always try to label my personal comments under the all queued up thing with my name. Uh, I'm terrible Josh for that. Doesn't. So if you just see a generalized statement with nobody's name, then it was me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Josh and I are the only ones with access, as far as I know, to the social medias. Yeah. So um, it's pretty pretty easy to tell us apart. But uh, yeah, guys. That being said, um. Seriously, check out the links below. We're, we're very, very serious about that. We want you guys to be informed about the situation and, uh, uh, you know, use your voice wisely. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Go check out, you know, Mandalorian Episode 3, Season 2 of, Th- of Toys That Made Us, and Season 2 of Jack Ryan. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>